Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time to get up and get going, South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Welcome back into the third and final hour here on Friday. And that means it is time to be joined by New Bedford City Council President Linda Morad. And joining her today, she has Ward 6 Councilor Ryan Pereira with her. Good morning, Councilors. How are you? Oh, there we go. Now I press the right button. There we go. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, Tim. Good morning. And uh, I missed you both at 50s night last night, but you were busy. You had a council meeting last night, so we'll we'll get into that. But before we get into all of that, Council President Morad, I want to ask you, because uh, Mayor Mitchell announced yesterday that he will be seeking another term. And, um, of course, your name comes up as someone that could challenge him in, in a November election. Or would you be seeking to run against the mayor this, this time around? Well, um, the announcement's no surprise. Um, you know, I'm sure that the mayor determined that he would wait for dramatic effect. But um, as you know, and as your listeners know, I have uh, pulled my papers to run another term as counselor at large, and that's what I intend to do. All right. So, so you're ruling out r- running against the mayor then? You're just going to run. That. I said my intention <laughs> is to run for counselor at large. There's another two weeks between now uh, and the final submission of papers. I don't know if anything will change in these two weeks, but at this point, it's my intention to um, seek my existing seat, which I've held now for several years, uh, not only as a counselor at large, but as a Ward 1 counselor before then. I enjoy that job very much, and that's my intention. Okay, I, I think, uh, Councilor Pearl, we might be getting some, uh, some, some background noise on your phone if you want to just mute in between. Speak. There we go. It's gone. All right. So, with that aside, so last night's meeting uh, was uh, was well attended. Well, can we can we ask that same question of Council Pereira because I know he's interested in his seat, and I I, I know that there's a uh, someone who's pulled papers uh, to run against Council Pereira. So, I can we ask him the same question? I, we certainly can. Yeah, Council Pereira, would you like to uh, to answer that same question? Would you Would you seek to run for that office? And are, are you, And I know you're running for you know re-election in Ward Six, but would you be seeking to run against the mayor? No, not at this time uh, or, or, or any time I would imagine in the near future. I, I do not plan on running for mayor. Um, I, I'm enjoying my job as the Ward 6 City Councilor. Uh, I enjoy serving on the New Bedford City Council and representing the people of the South End, and that is what I am anticipating to do uh, 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 seeking re-election. All right. Well, I, I think that, you know, this is the time of year where the question is on the table for any, anybody, you know, okay. so I think any, I think everybody that calls in, I'm going to ask them, are you from New Bedford and are you going to run against the mayor? 
<laughs> yeah, that would be that would be good. You can each one of them you can ask as well as whether they plan on if that uh, ballot item makes it to the ballot if they plan on voting for it as well. That will be interesting as well. Yeah, I mean they're doing very well with getting the signatures. It looks like they'll get enough to get it on the on the ballot, and then it'll be up to the people to decide. And it should be pretty interesting to see too if that also helps you know bring bring people out that haven't voted in a while. So it'd be you good know, if we really, get that number up. I'm really interested in uh, the purpose and the reason of that ballot question. Honestly, I don't know what Council Pereira thinks, but you know the assessors uh, their term is six years. The school committee it's three or four. I don't recall off the top of my head. Uh, the mayor's position is four years and the one position that runs every two years that asks the people in the city of new bedford uh, to vote for them every two years we have um actually it's two people who think that they you know are going to change that because they have an issue with uh, uh, myself i'll say state it because it's been said to people who are signing the ballot uh that this is targeted against council morad uh, you know, it'd be interesting. It's interesting to me that those people are interested in taking away the people's right to vote for someone. You know, every two or uh, every two years, it makes no sense to me. It's obvious to me that it's, um, it's an issue that's targeted. I, again, I'll speak only for myself because I'm the radio uh, targeted toward myself, and it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Why if you're going to do this? Do it for all the positions, so and not just. Yeah, not just the one that gets elected every two years. And and, and I asked the same question of uh, of Catherine Adamowitz, and and she said that the advice that they got from the lawyer who helped them craft the ballot question was that they, because their plan is they would like to see term limits for all elected offices in New Bedford, but that the lawyer advised them to take it one office at a time to put the question out there rather than to put them all, all out there all at once. And so, again, you start with the one that, that gets reelected every single year, every well, single every single election cycle. I mean, it's crazy, in my opinion. Why don't you start with, start with the assessors? Uh, you know, uh, there's, there's been long-term, long-term serving assessors in that position. But anyway, thank you. I appreciate your information. I, I hadn't heard that. And and certainly, you know, we'll 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 talk more about that as uh, once it gets on the ballot. There'll be some more discussions, and we'll have everybody come on pro and pro and against when we when we discuss that. Uh, but getting back to to last night's meeting, um, I saw some photos from last night's meeting. It was a very well attended meeting. Uh, what what brought everyone out? Was it the the unit C question? Was it the residency requirement stuff that was being discussed? Uh, no, Councilor Pereira. This is some of it. Is yeah. Uh, like yep. Sure. Uh, so a major issue that was on last night's agenda was a public hearing for accepting uh, a 50-foot layout for County Street. Uh, County Street, uh, particularly the County Street that runs from uh, uh, Nelson uh, in the south end all the way to Union in, up in the downtown area. Uh, this is for a mass DOT project that will be uh, beginning hopefully next year and in, in looking to redo all of County Street. Now, uh, the problem that w they're finding is that when they were looking at the Registry of Deeds for the layout of County Street, uh, there was no formal acceptance of that entire road as a 50-foot road. There was some acceptance of the entire road as a 40-foot road, and then there was like bits and pieces of the 50-foot. So this was kind of a, a formality to get this 50-foot road accepted as one unit in the Registry of Deeds. And on top of that, uh, a lot of residents had concerns about 
uh, their personal property and where those lines abut and 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 uh, some you know we got a lot of old houses over on uh, uh, County Street and some of those houses actually extend on to city property so we, we uh, uh, it was quite a lengthy process it took probably about an hour to hear everyone's questions get some of that answered and to make an amendment on the order just to make sure that people's property wasn't going to be destroyed uh, or, or, or really moved uh, at all in in uh, the new project coming forward, which the uh, city was happy to work with us on, and uh, DPI and the city solicitor were very cooperative uh, at last night's meeting. I think uh, it formed the people a lot, uh, uh, put to bed a lot of uh, uneasiness by the residents, and uh, were able to protect them further. Yeah, and I'll, you know, to add to that, I think that... Um, Unfortunately, when people get a letter in the mail, you know, saying, you know, encroachment, uh, takings, um, temporary easements, permanent easements, they get they get really nervous, as mm-hmm. Dr. Pereira said. And the problem with this project is, although it's been in the planning stage for many years, five or six years, um, when you get down to the end of the project, you know, the state requires certain documents, and they have specific timelines. And if you don't dot the I's and cross the T's by specific timeline, you know, you put back in the queue for money. And this is a $35 million project. And so, uh, you know, the city maybe should have, you know, walked those neighborhoods and talked to those people individually. But it appears that there was this was a change that happened um, quite in the, in the very near past, and there wasn't time to do that. So the council's ability to hold a public hearing and allow people to come in and have a conversation, not only with the councilors, but with the people representing the city who are doing the project, was I think was very helpful last night. And we want to thank Attorney Garatowski as well. He did yeoman's work last night trying to make sure that everybody understood the issues and everybody was represented. The people in the city were represented. Well, I, I had heard that the the police had to be called to the meeting last night. Was that because of the, the ongoing disruptions, or was that related to, you know, the folks involved with this discussion? Oh, no. The people that came for this discussion were were perfect people, perfectly behaved people. Uh, they had no issues. They respected the quorum and the council. Um, there were a lot of people there. Some had to stand. Some sat. A gentleman gave up their seats. Um, it was uh, those people were very respectful and we welcome them always to come and you know participate in their city government uh, there was an issue again last night with one of the people who comes to this meeting on a regular basis uh, rudely got up walked in front of my colleagues uh, that were sitting at their desk walked directly in front of the person presenting at the podium and then stepped out you know into the hallway uh, I, I've never seen such rude behavior uh, on, on the part of this individual and, and another that come to the council chamber. Very disrespectful. And, um, you know, I, I'm not going to put up with that. I'm not. There's, people come to the council. We have wonderfully um, organized meetings. I know one of your colleagues on the radio says that there's chaos in council meetings uh, during my presidency. And there's co- there is chaos in the meeting because of these individuals who come and uh, exhibit disruptive behavior on a regular basis. So that's the issue. That person also came into the chamber late, um, stood directly in front of people who were standing there trying to listen to the conversation. I mean, that's just 
it's just rude, Tim, period. Understandable, for sure. Um, So also last night, though, I I had mentioned there was discussion of um, some, the administration wants to hire some unity positions at a grade higher than step one and remove the residency requirement. And also in the police contract, uh, they have negotiated a reduction in that residency requirement. So I'm sure both of those issues were something that, that generated a lot of discussion. Uh, so to my recollection, those items, uh, uh, were sent to committee to further discuss, um, I think those are important items to discuss with department relevant department heads and to get background. Um, so uh, there wasn't much discussion on the floor, but uh, you know I do have some concerns uh, with the uh, um, stepping over one. I, I'd like to see and, and hear the reasons behind it. When that ordinance was put in, in into place, it was with the reassurance that it wasn't going to get abused. Well. Uh, we had four last night and one previous, five positions already that were being asked to adjust. And, and uh, in such a short time period, uh, I, I'm not feeling comfortable with with uh, uh, now having had put that ordinance together in, in place, the original one allowing that to happen. So I, I'm interested to hear from, from the personnel director and from relevant departments about why this is necessary and why this is a good idea. And as far as the residency requirement goes, both on the police contract and uh, for the administrative assistant to the assessor, uh, uh, listen, I don't believe in residency across the board. I, I don't. I don't think you should have to live where you work. I, I think that people are professional and can take pride in their work as it, on its own. I don't think you need to live in the city uh, uh, to uh, work for the city. Uh, with that being said, what's fair for one is fair for all. So if a residency requirement, even though it was reduced, it's still required for our police officers. It should at least be required for some years from, from our city employees. So I'm, I'm interested to, to talk to um, the relevant department heads and, and, and hear more on that and and to to have conversation over that and, and uh, to further my uh, knowledge around the issue. Yeah, and I agree with that. I'm, I'm glad to see there's finally a crack in the administration administration's position on residency. I also do not believe that there should be a residency requirement in the city of New Bedford. I want the best and brightest for every position. And I'd love you to live in my city. I love my city. I've lived here my whole life, but it shouldn't be a requirement of your work. But as Councilor Pereira said, if it is for one, it's going to be for all. We're not going to pick and choose. We're in that situation before we pass the residency requirement on the council. And with regard to the other item, I just want to add saying, you know, we were assured less than a year ago that these new positions were at current market rates. And, you know, when the council moved and adjusted people that had worked for us for a long time to make them fair and equitable to those people that we were hiring, you know, we were chastised by the public about doing that. But here the administration is doing it and I'm waiting to see what the outcry is going to be. Well, you you were chastised by the administration too for for it. Yes, that's right. Yep, yep. yep. So, and let's let's just uh, take a, a brief couple of moments too to address that police contract. You know, finally, finally getting that done. We haven't had a chance to speak, Council President Morad, since since that happened. So, this is something that was a long time in the works. Uh, the even the union said, you know, the union president came out and said, or on the Facebook page, came out and said that. Um, you know, there's still still some work to be done here, but this is a positive step. Is is how do you feel about this contract, and and do you think this is a step in the right direction to start, you know, filling up the the ranks of the police department again? 
yes, I do believe that it is a positive step. I would like to see more. Um, you know, as these men and women put their lives on the line every single day. Um, yes, they're able to make a lot of money in the city of New Bedford by working details or extra hours, but that's not the point. I mean, the point is that they come to work every day and they should be paid fair and equitably, and they certainly should be paid comparable to the surrounding communities. And that's been the issue. Um, you know, men and women who come and work for us, who are trained very well, who participate in our city, they're, they're, able, they're being attracted to other communities because of their expertise and because of their, um, you know, commitment to the job. And we, we have to stop that type of drain uh, from the city of New Bedford in the police department. Councilor Pereira, your thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. Um, listen, this is a being a police officer is a tough job. The men and women of our department uh, uh, put their lives on the line uh, day in and day out, uh, as was evident by the tragedy, uh, uh, or almost tragedy, I should say, that, that occurred in the South End. With that all being said, uh, we, our police officers should be compensated. Uh, their regular salary should be compensated adequately for the work that they do, tough work hard works, work that I know I couldn't do. And in this city, uh, uh, compared to the state, uh, I'm, I'm hopeful that we are now moving our police officers up to be in comparable uh, uh, salaries for uh, our police officers to other communities, especially uh, surrounding communities, but other communities with the same volume of, of calls and crime as New Bedford. One other thing that I want to ask you both about, it's been a, a hot topic here on the radio this week, and that is the fact that the, there will be a meeting Monday to talk about the future of the potential of banning NIP sales in, in New Bedford. And I know that uh, Councillor Giesta has put forth a motion to, to put a deposit on them to at least make it so that people can be a little bit more responsible, but there's also looking at a potential ban on them. Council President Morad, your, th your thoughts on, on NIPs and if, if banning things is the right way to go when people can't be responsible with them? So, as you know, the council doesn't have a vote here. This mm -hmm. is the total recommendation, um, you know, of the of the licensing board. And I know Councilor Jester has had that conversation about uh, sending a request to the state because we obviously can't do that ourselves. That has to be something done through a home rule petition. I'm sorry, through a state uh, action. And I know she's asking. Uh, Chris Hendricks, I believe she's working with him to yes. move that item forward. But that's been moved forward before uh, in almost every session of the legislature, and there's been no action on it, so I don't know. But, um, you know, I, I, I know you, I hope you're sitting down. I actually agree with the mayor on this issue. I uh, believe that a ban will be very helpful from several perspectives. And, you know, if I had a vote, this is a personal opinion now because I don't have a vote. If I had a vote, I, I would cast a vote to ban them at this point in time. And Councillor Pereira, how about yourself? Uh, is, is that something that you would support? Uh, I, I, you know, uh, like President Morad said, we don't have a vote here, but I, I don't think that I, I would support a ban of NIPs at this time. Uh, the trash is a problem. The uh, um, definitely a, a litter problem and an easy way to hide alcohol or to sneak alcohol, but we shouldn't ban something because that other people enjoy responsibly because of certain individuals uh, inability to follow the law. Uh, I, I just don't think that's the way that government should operate. Uh, I don't think we should impede small business either. I'm not saying that this ban would, but I'm just saying it could. Uh, so I, I don't. I don't believe in 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 the banning of NIPs. I, I mean, I probably 
I, I plan on attending the uh, licensing board meeting um, to listen to arguments and to hear arguments. But, uh, you know, I'm always open to changing my view or to learning more. But at this time, I, I mean, from what I've, I've heard on the radio and, and what I've read into it, uh, I don't think I support the banning of nips at this time. Uh, well, since since my thought on it matters just as much as, as yeah, each of I yours. Gonna, exactly. <laughs> I, I will say if we're going to ban nips because we're worried about the litter problem, let's also ban scratch tickets, cigarette butts, yep. Dunkin' Cups, and fast food trash. Okay, well, we'll see what we can do, what bodies can register that. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny because I had this conversation with uh, then-Council President Lopes when he was pushing forward the plastic, ban, the plastic bag ban. And I, you know, I, I had that conversation with him then, almost exactly what you just said, and to say, well, you know, if we're going to do this, why don't we do all these other things? These are all the issues that cause those litter and issues in the city as well. So, but, uh, you know, it'll be an interesting discussion. As uh, Council Pereira said, I plan on also arriving at the licensing board to listen. Um, again, I, you know, when we're elected officials and we voice our opinion, um, you know, we have to be careful how we're voicing it. We want to be sure that we're either voicing it to represent the people we represent or individually. And if I if I do speak on Monday night, it would be individually. I really haven't heard from a lot of my constituency on this issue. All right. Well, we have uh, only about two minutes left here in the segment. But, uh, Councilor Pereira, since it is summertime and since you are the Ward 6 Councilor, i got to ask you, how's everything going down at the beaches? Has there been any, any issues this season so far? Uh, no, I, I think that it's been going pretty well. Uh, you know, you have your typical issues with, with when you have a large influx of people that come to the South End, uh, you know, they're, they're uh, because of our beautiful resource in the beaches, uh, you, you do see an increase in, in obviously traffic in, in, uh, in both vehicle and uh, pedestrian traffic, and, and that generates noise and, and, and all the stuff. But I think in, in, at the end of the day, uh, the police department, the fire department under the emergency management and uh, uh, DPI did a heck of a job uh, this year uh, surrounding the 4th of July and, and helping uh, to minimize any uh, um, uh, fireworks on public property, uh, illegal fireworks on public, pro on public property that previously has caused numerous fires. I think that was a big, uh, a big issue was, uh, you know, especially in our dry summer, sometimes we have uh, uh, issues with that. So they did a fantastic job this 4th of July. I give them credit. They did a great job. And moving forward, we're just going to keep monitoring and, and enforcing parking and uh, violations uh, and, and monitoring that as well. All right. I, I thank you both for joining us. Uh, now, next week, uh, Council President Morad, you'll be joining us with Council Burgo. I will, yes. All right. Looking forward to that. We should next week have a conversation of Council Burgo has been on the site selection committee for the new combined devolved school, and that issue will be in front of us in the public in the uh, city property meeting on Tuesday night, and uh, we should have a good discussion about that next week with you as well. Absolutely. Well, thank you both, and I hope that you both have a great weekend. Thanks. Thank you. You, you as too. well, Tim. Take care. Thank you for the time. Bye-bye. That is Council President Linda Moret and Council Ward 6 Council Ryan Pereira. Right now it is time to go into the newsroom, though, with Adam Bass and the news of the day. Some sad news out of New York. The Associated Press is reporting that legendary singer Tony Bennett has died. 
Bennett was considered one of the last great saloon singers known for songs such as Rags to Riches, Stranger in Paradise, and Blue Velvet. He was 96 years old. A Nebraska teenager who uses abortion pills to end her pregnancy is going to jail for 90 days. 19-year-old Celeste Burgess was sentenced Thursday after she pleaded guilty earlier this year to illegally concealing human remains. She and her mother were charged last year after police obtained their private Facebook messages discussing plans to end the pregnancy and burn the evidence. The White House said on Thursday that Ukraine is using cluster munitions supplied by the U.S. effectively against Russian forces. National Security Spokesman John Kirby said initial feedback suggests Ukrainian forces are using the controversial weapons appropriately on Russian defense positions and operations. The so-called cluster bombs scattered multiple bomblets and are banned by more than 100 countries because of their threat to civilians. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is calling on state officials to initiate a review into its holdings with Bud Light's parent company. DeSantis sent a letter Thursday to the State Board of Administration saying that Anheuser-Busch InBev may have breached legal duties owed to its shareholders by associating the brand with racial social ideologies and that the state should not be subsidizing an ideological agenda through what he called woke virtue signaling. Shakira is facing another tax fraud investigation in Spain. Trey Thomas has more. The Hips Don't Lie singer goes to trial later this year over accusations that she failed to pay $15 million in taxes from 2012 to 2014. Now she's the subject of another probe over alleged income and wealth tax fraud in 2018. I'm Trey Thomas. Authorities say hackers with connection to China successfully accessed the email of a U.S. ambassador. On Thursday, two D.C. officials confirmed the hackers breached the email account of U.S. ambassador to China, Nicholas Burns, as part of a targeted intelligence gathering operation. They also accessed the email of the Assistant Secretary of State for East Asia. The news comes a week after similar hackers broke into the email accounts of the State Department and the Commerce Department. New York City Mayor Adams is Eric Adams is doubling down on statements that New York City has no more room for asylum seekers. Speaking to the press on Thursday, Adams said, Our cup has basically runneth over. It comes one day after the mayor announced his plans to impose a 60-day limit for migrants in city shelters. The city also released a flyer essentially urging those coming from the southern border to choose a city other than New York. He says the city has no more room and it needs help. And thousands of Marines and two amphibious warships are deploying to the Middle East to counter threats by Iran. The Pentagon announced the moves Thursday after Iran threatened commerce in and out of the Persian Gulf. This comes a few days after the U.S. sent warships and fighters to the Middle East to deter Iranian forces from interfering with merchant shipping. In sports, the Red Sox will be playing against the Mets tonight at 710 at Fenway Park. And now, here's your ABC6 local weather forecast. Looking at a, a fairly decent day today, but a lot of clouds this morning will yield to some breaks of sunshine for the afternoon. Can't completely rule out the threat of a shower, though. We'll be still a little bit on the muggy side. Highs near 80 degrees. A lot of clouds for tonight, and again, a spot shower in the area, but for the most part, we'll stay dry. Although there will be some areas of fog forming, could be locally dense down towards the south coast. Overnight lows in the upper 60s. Beautiful day coming our way to start the weekend. Good deal of sunshine, a much more comfortable day with highs reaching the low 80s. 
Be sure to watch ABC6 of my full seven-day forecast. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Bill Guile on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. It is currently 72 degrees right now in New Bedford. I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station, WBSM, and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app. No, I'd go from rags to riches If you would only say you care And though my pocket may be empty I'd be a millionaire And that's a song that you heard last night during 50s night but also, we're playing it because, as you heard Adam mention in the news, the passing of Tony Bennett at the age of 96, just a few weeks shy of his 97th birthday. And um, when Barry's on later, hopefully he tells you the story. But if he doesn't, someone call in and remind him and ask him. He told me the story last night as, as Tony Bennett was playing on our 50s night broadcast of, uh, of a very interesting and, and, and fun encounter he had with Tony Bennett that I thought was a great story. And uh, hopefully he will uh, share that with you a little bit later on here on the the day that uh, that Tony Bennett has passed at the age of 96. And it was only just a few years ago that he retired, right? Maybe not even. So he was was somebody who worked pretty much his entire life and left a lot of great music in his wake. And you know, I, I think... Younger people got an appreciation for him because of his work with Lady Gaga. But I think he was also one of those people who always stands the test of time. I think every generation uh, discovers Tony Bennett at one point or another. I see we have some calls in the line. We are going to take your calls in just a moment at 508-996-0500. But before I do that, I want to talk to you quickly. I mentioned the butcher shop earlier as a place to go and get some delicious pre-made food, right? Especially today, cooking up some goat, cooking up some rabbit, cooking up all kinds of great stuff for you to just come in. They'll scoop it out. You get to take it to go. Make sure you grab some of Maria's rice pudding. It is amazing. But also, it's the weekend, right? It's the time you have time to prepare a nice meal on the grill. And why not stop at the butcher shop and get that high-quality meat, but not at high prices. At the butcher shop, they have the best quality around, but they're not looking to charge you an arm and a leg for it. No, they're looking maybe maybe a wing, maybe a breast, maybe, you know, no, they're, they're looking to give you some delicious food at a price that you can afford. Locally sourced stuff, stuff, stuff they make right there. Linguisa, Cherise, sausage, all things that they make right there in the butcher shop because they know that quality matters and that you shouldn't have to sacrifice quality just because... You want to watch your wallet as well. And at the butcher shop, if they don't have it, they will get it. If they don't make it, they will find a way to get it for you. That's the level of service that they offer you. So go on by there and get all the meats that you need for your weekend grilling. Get the celebrity pork chops, some chicken, get some seafood. The lobsters are there in the tank ready to go bigger than you'll see in the supermarkets. That's for sure. Tomahawk steaks, Terrace Major, a great cut of meat that you can get and still not have to pay the same prices that you would for some of the higher-end meats. Everything that you need to have a delicious meal 
but not also break the bank at the same time. Check out the butcher shop, 123 Dartmouth Street in New Bedford. Callers, hang on. I got to take this break. We'll be back in just a few moments and we'll go right to your call. <laughs> The loveliness of Paris Seems somehow sadly gay The glory that was Rome Is of another day I've been terribly alone And forgotten in Manhattan I'm going home. A little, uh, little more Tony Bennett for you, who passed away at the age of 96, just week shy of his 97th birthday, but left behind quite a legacy. 508-996-0500. We're going to get into the calls in just a moment. I see we have multiple calls on hold. There's still some room for you, but we got an email in uh, via the WBSM user feedback option on the app. Uh, this comes from, I won't say the person's name, but the gentleman on this morning is very biased. A gentleman called stating he saw and heard that RFK, a candidate in the presidential race, was being censored and that it's not fair. We should be able to hear all candidates equally. And your spokesperson on air, I am not a spokesperson for the station. My views are my own. They do not represent WBSM. Uh, your spokesperson on air's response was to call RFK a clown. Instead of advocating for equal media, he insults a candidate. He should not be shunning any prospective candidates, but instead encourage people to be open-minded of all the candidates. By the way, this is not the first time the person on air showed bias towards candidates. I'm really looking for an equal opportunity AM station, and this is not seeming like one. And I'm going to tell you, person, I won't name your name, this is not one. This is a talk show, this is a talk station where the talk show hosts give opinions about things, including what they think of candidates. So I'm sorry that you feel that you know, I am not giving equal opportunity to RFK Jr. to spout his crazy conspiracy theories and to have free reign to be able to do so. But I don't really want to listen to a clown talk about conspiracy theories. So you're not going to get equal time for RFK Jr. on this show. Tune in to Jessica tonight on South Coast Tonight. She loves RFK Jr. She'll talk all about it. Uh, also, I'm wondering if you have the same feeling... When Barry comes on later and calls Joe Biden a crook, when he calls him, you know, all these other names that he's called him, do you take the same offense when, when Barry insults Joe Biden? Do you take the same offense when Jessica comes on and calls all Democrats morons? People who vote Democrat as morons? That's something she actually said. I don't remember getting those emails. So, but because I feel differently and think differently than you do, I, I shouldn't be allowed to have an opinion. Well, this is an opinion-based talk show. So you're going to get some opinions. Sometimes I'm going to give you my opinions on sandwiches. But sometimes I'm going to give you my opinion on politics. And that's why you can call in with your own and counterbalance what I have to say. I didn't shut down John from making his points about RFK Jr. I just told him my thoughts on him. So welcome to the world of talk radio. I'm glad that you're here, that it's your first day ever hearing a talk radio station. And I hope that you at least listen to everybody else if you, if you don't enjoy what I'm saying. I'm just guessing it's your first day because, again, you've never emailed with any problems with these other hosts that say similar things. But it's just me because I, I don't like RFK Jr. Sorry. 
There's a reason why Democrats don't like RFK Jr. either. Don't you think Democrats would also say, gee, I wish we could find somebody better than Joe Biden? And don't you think if that person was RFK Jr., they'd be in his corner? But he's not, because he's not a real Democrat. He's just the new fanboy for the Republicans. That's all. The people who know that they got duped in 2016, the people who know they got duped in 2020, and who are looking to try to seem like they're smarter than that this time around, but they're just going to get duped again. Anyway, 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Oh, sorry. Gilly, I got a line of phone calls here, so make it really quick. Real quick. Linda Morad just made a statement about there's only two people trying to call collecting um, signatures. So she took a shot at... um, No, no. What she said was that it's an effort that's being led by two people, which is absolutely true. Just let me finish up, Tim, please. Um, She made that comment. But what about when she... And she mentioned her as the target. What about when she put her, wanted to recall the mayor's four-year term and they put her, they were putting it on the, on the thing? That's double-talking. But last night I want to talk about, you know, she mentioned Carlos Felix coming in late. Right. He did come in late. There were no police officers there. He came, the place was packed. You've seen the pictures. He came to the front, get inside the thing, and he looked around, and he took a left, and he stood right by the TV that they put there. Now, Linda made a point to point him out, even though when the meeting was going on, there was other people standing there. Okay? She never told them to leave, to move, until Carlos came and stood there, and she made him go all around. She took the two benches out, okay? And the people were packed. I showed you the pictures. You did. were sitting on the floor. If they would have never taken those benches out, they would have had another 12 people sitting there. There would have been all the congestion. And then they called the cops. The cops came, three of them. There was no cop there when I got there, and the place was full. She called, she had Brian call the cops. The cops came, all right? And then the sergeant came, the same sergeant that was called on me the week before, twice. And he's the same sergeant I said to him, if I'm doing anything right. wrong... I, I'm just, I'm just going to hold you there, Gilly, because now we're just rehashing things that happened in the past. Just let me finish one second. want to be another three, or maybe 20 seconds. One of the officers went to talk to the sergeant. You know what the sergeant told him? Don't call me again. And he walked away. Because they're just using... Linda Moore is the one that starts all the things against us to make us look bad. But people sitting on the floor because she took the benches out... Right. Oh, and, and could open, as you mentioned, you know, there, there's other places they could see people. I'm just going to hold you there because I got to get to these other callers. There's a sign on the balcony upstairs that says employees only and department heads. Well, she, 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 I asked her about the upstairs and she said there's some safety concerns about up there. And why they get them all on the rules? They, they, the last rule there on number six is south and east walls. All right. Well, I, I, you seen pictures, Tim. I did. Pictures. All right. Uh, thank you for the call. I'm going to move on just because, uh, again, I got a line of phone calls here. Good morning. You're next on WBSM. Hey, how's it going, Tim? This is Carlos. Hey, Carlos. Uh, I wasn't going to call in, but I just wanted to make sure that, that the truth is being told. So basically, I, I, I walk into this council meeting, and as you know, uh, Linda Morad saw fit to remove several benches so it's it's difficult to find a spot to, to sit 
There were people sitting, people standing, uh, about 20 people in front of the, the, the fire egress door. So, so basically, uh, you can't really walk through. You have to, like, wiggle through, right? So I, I, I go to the left. I sit there. I look at the TV. It's not on. I thought you couldn't stand in front of the TV when it's on. So I figured there's so many people here. Uh, I, I really didn't have a space to go. As you know, I'm a big guy. You know what I mean? So uh, she asked me to move. I move. They didn't make a stink. They didn't, they didn't back, back talk. I, I moved over. Then in front of everybody, she embarrasses me and says, oh, do you mind not being so rude and not standing in front of people? Everyone was standing in front of people. There were 20 people there. And then, and then I okay, so I'm forced to move again. So I squish my, my big bottom through the line of people that are all sitting on the floor and and, 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 and the fire hazard there. So I, I wiggle way, my way through to the media table, which I had to fight to have put back. Uh, I had to petition the Ian Abel because Linda Moore moved that as well. So I went over to that table, right? Uh, apparently she called the police. So when I know I noticed a bunch of uh, uh, police officers showing up in the hallway, I'm I'm thinking to myself, did this woman or someone actually call the police on me for just arriving at this meeting? I mind you, I haven't said a word. So I went to go to the hallway. For years, I've been going there. We always go through the middle when it's a full house. There's nowhere to walk. You would have to pretty much walk on people. They're they're sitting on the floor. So for years, we walked right through the mill. You know, you kind of crouch down, you go real quick. She's screaming at the top of her lungs, excuse me, excuse me, trying to get my attention. I just keep going into the hallway. I'm not going to sit there and be ridiculed and, and uh, embarrassed in front of uh, 100 people uh, for her. So I go into the hallway, and I, and, and, and I was talking to the officers, of, 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 like, uh, and I'm asking, why were you called? And they were shaking their head, and they're like, they did the same thing with, with Gilly and I. Go, we're sick. They're tired of it. The police are tired of being used uh, for this little game. Okay, she doesn't like the fact uh, that I, that I've been critical of her, uh, as you know. Uh, you know, and I, I think I'm fair with my critiques. Um, and also, I've been calling them out for the millions of dollars they were trying to cut from the police budget. So now, all of a sudden. Uh, she's trying to pick on me, which is whatever. Uh, but don't lie about it. You know what I mean? We've all seen what's going on. It's been complete chaos uh, since she's been uh, the, uh, the, uh, the the president. And there's no seating now. So you have elderly people sitting up against the wall, uh, leaning up against things, sitting in the middle of the floor. I mean, what does she want me to do? I can't sprout wings and fly. You know what I mean, uh, sure. Tim? And I'm sorry I'm even calling. And no, no, it's fine. I, and, and I feel bad, but I got to hold you there just because I got to take no, the final no, break. No, you don't have to feel bad, man. That's all right. I appreciate it. All right. Well, you have a good day. And you too. I do have to take that final break. Callers, if we can squeeze some more in when we come back, I will do so. We'll be back in just a few moments. And welcome back in just the final few moments of the program. Before I go, though, uh, this weekend when you're puttering around the house and you're trying to fix everything that's going wrong, when you're trying to, you know, get that window that won't open to start opening because it's getting too hot in there now and you need the extra airflow, or when you're trying to put in the air conditioner because you finally broke down and said, it's too hot, we got to put it in. We can't just get by with the fans alone anymore. And you realize that those windows 
windows need work. They may need to be repaired. They may need to be replaced. Precision Window and Kitchen is the place to call because they can do all of it. Whether it is just, you know, getting that window unstuck, whether it is replacing that window with something that will open a lot easier, uh, something that will be a much more tighter seal and more efficient because there's nothing worse than putting the air conditioning in and then having all that cold air go right around the frame of the window because it's leaking. They can fix all of that for you and more. They can do a complete remodel of all your windows. They can fix just a pane of glass in one window, whatever it is that you need and everything in between. They'll also do full kitchen and bathroom models. They'll also replace your roof, which is something that this time of year people don't really think about because they say, well, you know, I'll worry about that when the winter comes and the snow piles up on my roof. But what you're not thinking about, it's not just about the water and the moisture getting in. It's about all that cold air that you're paying for from your air conditioner going out the top of your roof. So give them a call. Check them out at, online at precisionwindowandkitchen.com or visit them at their showroom at 1111 Cushioned Avenue in New Bedford and they can talk you through all of these projects and show you the high quality materials that they use because they have them right there in their shop behind the showroom. Check it out again, precisionwindowandkitchen.com. That's going to do it for me, callers. I'm sorry we didn't get to all of you, but Chris and Marcus are coming up next with South Coast Now. They're waiting to take your phone call. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.